I feel relieved after disclosure, but my partner is crushed. Now what? We're so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive in your relationship. Guys, welcome to The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert, a Beyond Enough production. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. And he's definitely an expert. You've been working to help couples with their extreme challenges for like 15 years, right? Yeah, a long time. And I'm glad that I'm here with you guys sharing your vulnerable story. And I hope that it helps our listeners as well. Absolutely. And if you need some help getting started, we have a free resource over at beyond-enough.com forward slash step one. And that's one, the number. It provides the first key steps to healing your relationship, regardless of how tough things are right now. All right, guys, let's roll. All right, we're going to answer that question right after I share this quick little feedback. Um, Just wanted to thank you guys and Brandon for the amazing work you're doing. Your podcast is amazing and has helped me and my girlfriend a ton. Greetings from Switzerland. So thank you for listening all over the place and for taking the time to just shoot us a message saying, keep going. <laughs> We're yeah, still here. That was awesome. Yeah. Appreciate that. In Switzerland, right, Brandon. man, I wish I was there right, right now, so cool. like on a mountain. Um, we all do. That's still my dream. <laughs> paragliding in Switzerland. Oh, that would be awesome. Bucket list. <laughs> um, all right. So we wanted to talk about such a common thing. And I actually had this question asked me this week again, um, and there, there's, there's so many little intricacies to this, this thing. Um, and so what we're going to talk about is first discovery or disclosure when that happens with a couple. And what usually happens, whether, whether the, the addict got caught or came forth with it, oftentimes there's a moment of relief. Um, they've been living with this, this shame and this secrecy and underneath it for so long, when it finally comes to light, it's like, oh, yes, this feels good. I'm relieved, um, which is a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, then, and then in that moment of relief, oftentimes comes a lot of motivation for change. I'm never going to do this yes. again. It's out in the open. Like, here we go. I'm motivated. Like, let's, let's fix this. But there's another side to it. And... Do you guys want to speak to the other side to it? (laughs) Well, it felt like Kobe had this huge hiking backpack. You know, he's gone hiking forever and uh, unloads it, but just puts it right on my back. So I take all, he's got this huge, like, you know, physical weight taken off of him and it just went right onto me. Um, And so he may have felt a lot of relief and I felt totally dumped on of like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like the truth is my life is now a mess. It's not what I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's super true because if, if I go back to that moment where I disclosed the second affair to you, Ashlyn, um, I had just been in Amy's office and we were like six weeks in into, no, we were longer than that. Maybe no, six, eight weeks. Six. And um, Amy said, okay, she is ready to hear about your second affair, you're ready to share it. And I'm like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, wait, what are, you, what are you talking about? Like now? And she's like, yes, now. And I was like, but Amy, we're going on vacation in two days. She's like, yeah, and? and I'm like, I don't want to go to Disneyland. The happiest place on earth. Second affair. <laughs> yeah. 
and we went to a wedding before that. Yeah. Oh man. And um, good memory. And but Amy's like, no, you have to do it now. And I was like, I don't understand why she's saying that. But I'm. I'm but at just the same time, at the same time, so, Kobe, how many times had you given yourself all kinds of excuses as to why now wasn't the right time? Right. So Amy's oh, like, Amy's like, no, like it's now. Like let's do this. Good yeah. for her. She and, and and she pointed out to to go further off of what you said. She said, "Listen, if you go to Disneyland and to this wedding with this, knowing that you were going to disclose the second affair, knowing the whole time that Ashlyn's walking with you and the girls through Fantasyland, thinking like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. We started recovery. We're here. We're connected. It's feeling good. And then I get home and dump this on her a week later." Then Ashton, Amy said, Ashton's gonna be like, that was all a lie. That's like good. That wasn't reality. another betrayal. Right? Yeah, another betrayal right. to have such a, a a big family experience, and then to have it just um, be tainted with um, with lies. So I I understood that, and I was like, okay. So I left immediately from Amy's office and went directly home. And within one minute of being home, I just said to Ashlyn, okay, I have to tell you something. I had, a, I had another affair. Well, you sat me down on the couch. I mean, he was a yeah, little I, more. I mean, I, I sat her on the couch, but, but, but the point is, is that it, from my perspective, here's, here's where I was. Okay. I was super anxious. I was concerned and I was worried and I was feeling a lot of adrenaline because I had to do this super, super scary thing. And once I actually shared it with her, all of a sudden, I feel relief. I feel devastation because I'm watching Ashland's face. But I'm feeling relief because mm -hmm. the thing that I thought I was going to go to the grave with, the thing that I thought was a total, was, I mean, it was just like it well, happened. And you'd already and decided I, I'm never doing that again. I totally did. Yeah. I decided like 18 months before that, like right after it ended. Like I'm never like, disclosing no to Ashland again. Yes. Exactly. And I'm never going to do that again oh, with another and, woman. And he, so had. He, he had that motivation and yes. behind him as well. And, and so there was all this motivation that I got from Amy, from the whole process of starting specialized therapy, being in your foundations um, group. And I, I was doing individual, I was doing group myself and, and I was just ready. And so it was a huge hurdle for me to disclose that. And I was so nervous about it. But once I got it out, it was just like, oh, like there was, there was enormous amounts of relief because I had done something that I had, I said I was never going to do, but there's another side of that coin, hmm. which is your side. Yeah. The I still, I still have a photo because, um, I'm like a selfie. I look really good in it, but, um, I was crying in the bathroom right after Kobe had told me and, um, Amy had, uh, text me and was like, how are you doing? You know, tell me what's going on. And I sent her a picture and I was like, I'm doing this good. Um, <laughs> I wasn't doing it. And I was really mad at Amy actually. Like, well, how could you do this? How could you not tell me this was coming? You know, that's not her job, but no. um, I had felt trust with this therapist and then felt like, what the heck? They both, they both knew this thing and didn't tell they me. They colluded so, yes, together. Felt, yeah. 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 So there was a lot of motivation. That, feelings. Brandon. There was a lot of relief. <laughs> Um, I was writing on willpower. And the truth is, is that 
that that um that delayed disclosure of like six weeks brandon was was actually like a an afterburner you know how when when you when you see movies or or, or video of the um the space like like this the, the space shuttle mm-hmm. like going into space it gets through the atmosphere and then it drops um the rockets and then it fires another rocket again these afterburners to get them into like to the moon like on the trajectory to get to the moon that's what it felt like for me it was like oh no now the game is really on so i was riding i was totally riding the wave of motivation Mm, because like now that the truth's out i have to be able to go forward is that what you're saying yeah i I mean yes I, i just shared it but but now I don't know what's going to happen. Right. Right. I don't know what's going to happen. So those were like afterburners of motivation and willpower for me that experience six Mm -hmm. weeks in that, that kept me going. But, but um, what I didn't know is that on the heels of the trip, Ash would say, we're going to do in-house separation. I don't know if I'm going to stay with you and I don't know how long it's going to be. The consequences of it started to hit. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand how much of a role that uh, motivation and willpower was for me with the w- in, in facing the the very real um, threat of my family just completely falling apart. So mm-hmm. I rode motivation and I rode willpower for a long time, and and what I realized was is that that was the same feeling that I had in years past when I had gone like six months without without masturbating or looking at porn. And I'd only done that like three times in my whole adult life in 37 years. Okay. Not 37 years, but like, mm-hmm. you know, um, 30 years. And, and so I was riding this, this, this wave of willpower motivation. But then as I kept going, I realized that I had had spurts of willpower and motivation before I was like, I'm good. Maybe I'm through this. I might be okay. But then as I, w- I continued with, with, uh, with foundations with you individual with Amy, um, and then transitioned into group after your foundations was done, I realized that I began to replace my willpower motivation with an actual skill set because I was using the motivation. I was using the willpower that I had from this potential threat of losing my family as my, as, as the engine, it was like a superpower engine. But it was like, Kobe, I'm Kobe, do this. Kobe, slow down for just a second. So, cause okay. I want to point out something here is yeah. we talk about, um, holding the pain of the betrayed in terms of Uh empathy, holding space. And there's, there's a, there's this kind of disconnect that happens where the, the person struggling with addiction discloses, they, they come clean and they feel that motivation and willpower. It's time. It's time for change. I'm free. Let's go. Let's do this. The betrayed partner is, is in a state of grief, sadness, um, despair, uh, there it's crisis. Mm-hmm. So, yes. so when you mix, when you mix crisis feelings with, well, with now it's time, now it's time to work and I'm motivated. Those two things don't line up very well. And it's almost um, like fuel on a fire, right? Like how it does. It feeling it, so excited and motivated when I'm over here in a pile on the floor. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's funny. What? Just listening to you guys. Here's Ashton saying like, I'm in the bathroom crying. And here's Kobe saying like, like yes! I was ready to go. I just jumped this hurdle. I was courageous. Like, yeah. You know, and, and one of the beauties and of, of the whole recovery process is when the person who has disclosed gets one thing and, and what they do is they, 
they get it that their partner needs some space, they need some time, and they need some empathy. And so you can feel motivated and you can feel free, but it's still your job after that moment to go there with your partner and to help them process their pain. If they, if they want to process it with you, they might not want to process it with you. Um, but and let me so, just say to that point, Phil Brandon, and, and, and the point with that is, is like, you're totally right. And what you're doing, in, and by saying that is, is you're identifying the very clear threshold of guys. I mean, not guys, but people who want to recover from addiction um, start out, right? Super motivated and full of willpower and determination. And, and, and yet there is no skill set. Yes. There is no, there, there's no level of mindfulness. There's no ability to actually hold space for the partner that they just dumped on. You're right. You're right. And, and, and yeah, like your motivations focused on the don'ting right in that beginning. And your motivation was to not lose your family in the beginning. Yes. And that all shifted how far into recovery. I don't know, but it, I think we both started out with that. I was hurt and grieving, but I also was motivated to figure out how to make this work. Yeah. Like yes. Either way we're connected because we have these kids together. So how are we going to do this and how am I ever going to feel better? It was almost like you were like hanging on with like Kung Fu grip, like, okay, this sucks, but let's just see where this is going. But, and, and I'm but like, the- wait, maybe but this, this is, is chance. when you guys are talking about this, this is where a third party really can help. So yeah. where yes. a professional can come in and say, I get it, Kobe, you're way motivated. Uh, I call it the honeymoon period where totally you can, you confuse getting caught or disclosing for recovery for, for healing. Mm. And, and that's not healing. It's, it's freeing, but now it's, I like what you say. Now it's time to actually gain the skills of recovery and empathy and, and things like that. Um, but this is where a third party comes in, a, a mentor, a sponsor, um, a therapist who can say, this is normal, guys. What you're feeling right now is normal. Yes. And doesn't everyone come in feeling like it's just us? Like you should hear our story. Totally. We're, we're different or we're so alone. We all feel that way. And yet yes. somehow we all show up really similar. <laughs> yes. Yes. That what we're talking about happens so often. Yet if you've been in it, you, you might feel like you're the only one who's been through something like this. Totally. Um, so this is a, like your point is Brandon, it's a, it's a heaven sent to have help and to have a third party because this is, this is why we say work on the me before the we, mm-hmm. because Ashlyn's, me you needed the support that i had zero ability to give to you mm-hmm. and that's why the women's group and your therapist yeah. were so critical for you and at the same time i want everybody to understand this and hear this one of the reasons why i was so motivated and full of hope as much as it was so deeply uncomfortable is because I was the, the 37 year old man with two kids who was like the adolescent that, that could never 
figure out how to do it, who couldn't figure out how to beat the thing that had been vexing him for all of his life. And so it's not that I wanted to not be there for you, but it was literally like I was the eight-year-old again, the seven-year-old. Yeah. Trying to heal. And it's like, wait, there's hope. And that's, again, I'm really touched by this because Brandon, the work, like, I can't think of a more uh, thankless job than what, because um, people in the midst of their own stuff don't know what they're getting when they have a competent and skilled therapist. But Brandon made all the difference because I needed to heal. I caused a, a train wreck in my family. Right. But I was the I was the seven-year-old boy who was like, wait, maybe there's a chance now that I can get this fixed. Oh yeah, I just destroyed my partner. Oh freak. Now what now, do I do? Now what? What do I you do? Know? So yeah. Exactly. So it was never a conscious decision to just dump this on you, Ashlyn. It was as much about me without really saying it out loud that I knew all of the years of shame. I was like, wait, I have a shot now. There is a chance that I can heal. Mm. So that blinded me from really feeling the full effect of disclosing to you. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I was still totally uh, skill-less, Brennan. I didn't have any skills. I didn't have any abilities. I was just super motivated and willing. And I was clearly willing to do whatever Amy told me to do. Yeah. I don't think either of us were, I mean, six weeks into group or specialized therapy, you don't have very many skills other than I'm learning. Right. Mm -hmm. So we were getting educated and even hearing the, like, I was the seven-year-old boy that made sense to me. And it was like, oh, that's why we aren't speaking the same language, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're d- different in- ages, you know? Yes. And now I'm working on my own stuff. It's not like I'm the up here. I still but, have but, to deal with my little girl. But, <laughs> but Ashlyn, in what you just said, there's, I mean, there's, there's a couple of, of elements that actually really are important for the healing process. And what you just said was you actually, instead of like really taking personally, uh, like Kobe's I- inability to, show up for you. And you actually started to, to see him for where he was at. Um, maybe could I go as far to say, maybe even have a little compassion for him in that moment. I know that's, that's crazy and really hard. Um, no, if I did, I, at a certain period in time, you did. My journal says it, I didn't. So <laughs> kidding, I don't know. Um, but, but, um, but there's, there's a couple things, Ashton, on the betrayed's part, which is, I'm going to, I'm going to not, I'm going to have boundaries. And what I mean is like internal boundaries with not taking over his recovery, not taking personally the things that he has done. I know, I know this is easier said than done. Um, and then mm-hmm. also, and this, this could trigger some people, but also in that moment of, of pain and grief, um, I'm going to, I'm going to get up and I'm going to start doing my own work. Um, yeah. uh, my own That's work. And I felt uh, like I yeah. could do. Like that's the control that I could take. Whereas I couldn't do anything about anything over here with Kobe. And so for me, it was like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing what we're doing. And I'm going to try to keep going and figure this out for myself. Uh, And I think we both felt motivated at different times. We had the normal of like, 
him saying, gosh, when are you going to get over this? Yeah. Which you just want to punch him in the face when yeah, they don't, say that. Don't Please ever say, say that. that, by the way. That's not <laughs> a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember saying the same thing to him. Like, when are you going to get over this? Like, you know, I was mean for so long. Okay. Now I'm trying not to be, you know, all these things. Um, but I, I do think I had compassion in the way maybe I wasn't showing it to Kobe, but I did understand that he couldn't hold space for me because when I was still, my grief in that beginning was so angry and so hurt that I would throw things in his face. Like we're here because of this, like you did this. Right. And right. so how can he hold space for that when he's not, not skilled enough to sit in that discomfort of feeling shame for hurting me to take your attacks, yeah. be boundaried, have some empathy for your pain. Like what I'm saying is, is like having a master's degree in, <laughs> yes. in attachment. Right. Um, and we hadn't even learned about attachment in that point. So we were like, we don't know what we're doing. Right. But for me, I leaned on those women. I leaned on my therapist because I knew I couldn't lean on him and he did the same thing. And right. so I do remember, and I don't remember how far into recovery it was, but it was when I felt triggered and I shared it with you real time and you held space for me and we're so empathetic. And it was like, oh my gosh, like we're doing it. We're doing the things that we've heard about people doing in recovery. But, but Ashlyn, you're talking about, so, so when you got those good outcomes, that was awesome. But yeah. in that moment when you said, okay, I'm going to like let go of him some, I'm going to focus mm -hmm. on me. I'm going to connect to my group to that. It, it's a, it's a leap of faith because oh, yeah. you want your, your marriage to work. You want to, you want to make sure that happens. And it's letting go of that control of the outcome, whatever it's going to be. And it's focusing on what is in your control and stepping mm -hmm. into that. And when both partners do that, it works. Mm -hmm. When one partner does that and another partner doesn't, then it, it, the relationship doesn't work. Um, recovery works for the one partner who does it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I love what you were just saying because you're saying all of a sudden, oh my gosh, we're doing the thing that we, mm -hmm. we thought <laughs> that we actually could do. Um, and you guys are a great example of that. So the, I, I will say this too. Um, you know, I've talked about like, I didn't have any in that moment when I shared the second disclose, when I disclosed the second affair, um, I didn't have skills. I didn't have abilities. But one of the key, key, key things that I, that really indicated my emotional age was my, was my um, dreadfully low tolerance for pain and discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't have, I didn't have a tolerance for discomfort in my relationship. I did at work. Yeah. I did in, in maybe a couple of other areas, but I, <clears throat> excuse me, but I, but I really, but to your point, Brandon, when you're talking about this, like, you know, you share this devastating news and then you want to be there for your partner. I had zero threshold or tolerance for discomfort and pain. And that was something that takes time to acquire. Yes. It's no different than going to the gym yes. and wanting to increase your cardio or increase your strength. It takes time and it takes consistent effort. It takes mental focus to say, I'm going to do this, even though it's hard. Yes. Um, and, and, and that's to your point, again, exactly why you need a very skilled, competent, um, trained therapist, and you need a support network around you to help you skill up, to help you, uh, learn to stretch your soul, stretch your tolerance for discomfort 
because it's got to grow. Because if you think about it, I was, my, my tolerance for pain and discomfort was that of like a seven-year-old. You're, you're right. My, okay. my, uh, <laughs> that, that, my, that's important to remember. It, well, when you're, really a seven, when you're a seven-year-old, my, my daughter, <laughs> um, my, my daughter just got this puzzle and it's this puzzle. Dude, Lacey's and, so cute for everybody yeah. who, who doesn't yeah. know. She's darling. <laughs> yeah. So, so we go to the store and I, I got over the holidays for some reason I got into puzzles and I was like, yeah, let's, let's all go get a puzzle. So she goes and she's like, I want that one. And she picks out this one. That's just like neon 10,000 pieces. It, no, but it was like neon everywhere and unicorns, just so many <laughs> unicorns everywhere and rainbows and stuff. But so we're putting the puzzle together and this, whoever the artist was that did the, the, the painting, um, put all these unicorns that you can't really see until you do the puzzle. So once you do oh, the puzzle, wow. then it's like, whoa, like there's a big unicorn in the, in the background, like in the woods that I would not have seen. And and then we go and we turn the lights off and there, there's a bunch of glow in the dark unicorns. <laughs> there's like unicorns everywhere. And I, you know, I'm telling the story because when, when you're a seven year old, um, you're unconscious and you just don't see mm. certain things. And it's kind of how recovery goes is when you're rah, 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 I'm motivated now. Well, you still see the, mm. the big, you know, painted like unicorn right in front of you right here. <laughs> yeah. Right here. When you go get support from other women or, or other men, when you, when you find that education, when you're humble and you're willing, you start to recognize things that you never even mm-hmm. knew or thought. It right? really is, Brandon. It's the, because I, I know for sure, Kobe and I were, I would say we're more open-minded now and continue to be, but we were both very closed minded of like, yeah. this is truth and this is you know, fiction. And so to hear, I love, I had a girl in group this week who she came into our women's group and these are women who've been betrayed. Okay. So they're dealing Mm -hmm. with betrayal trauma. She comes in and her, you know, telling your story for the first time out loud is so scary to begin with, but she did it saying, here's my truth. I actually betrayed my spouse and then he betrayed me. Oh, wow. so scary and vulnerable for her to say those things, but the women showed up for her. Oh, good. They were like, I think it's going to be great to have you in group because you'll have another set of eyes for us. It will help us have more understanding of the other side. Like good for them. Just so cool to see women that can come in and be so hurt and so mad. And I hate all other women. And how could women ever cheat and do this? And then to say, okay, now you're one of us, like you're in our best worst mm-hmm. club ever and we can accept and love you and support you that to me is like that's recovery when you're you can have that open mind and learn from someone whose story is totally different than yours yep connection something- connection brings consciousness that's yeah. it's true and so when you're open and you listen and you hear other people's stories then then it brings consciousness and then you see so much more so I guess the, the kind of to, to wrap this up, right? Um, I just shared something really hard, but my partner's devastated. Now what? Um, what what we're advocating is a few things. Number one is is get a, a competent, specialized therapist um, to the best of your ability, whether that's virtually or in person. Find a support group that can be there for you, and you might not have anybody that's right there. You might need to go online. You might need to whatever, but you need to find a support group. And those are both an effort to increase your skills, 
increase your abilities, increase your mindfulness of those skills and abilities, and lastly, grow your tolerance for discomfort and pain. Kobe, can I just say, and, and this is like in development, it's so far, like, it's not so far out, but we don't know exactly what it's going to be, but Ashlyn, Kobe, and I are trying to solve the problem of people who don't have that help and support um, and, and figure out a way that we can connect with you and help you connect with other people um, so that you can get a lot of the things that we've been talking about today. Um, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll just say this. It's, I, I work with a lot of really good therapists. I train really good therapists. And um, I think one of my therapists right now is booked out until like August or September. Oh. Um, yeah, so heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. And so it can be really hard to get what we're talking about. And yeah. so stay tuned. We'll, we'll let you guys know what Ash and Kobe and I are developing. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be, Brennan, really are good. you talking about intimate access? Yeah. Except no. it's going to be different. It's more, okay. it's yeah. So, so in the meantime, though, I will say, I will say that there is for all of you who are listening that, um, each month, Ashlyn, Brennan and I um, hold a zoom call and, and it's called intimate access where you get intimate access to each of us. And each month, Ashlyn, Brandon, and I, um, hop onto the zoom call. Separately. It's a separately. separate call. So I do one, Kobe does one, Ashlyn does one. Yes. And, and we answer questions that people submit before time, but we also answer questions and interact with people live on the Zoom call. So people who don't want to be known or seen can just use the chat function mm -hmm. and ask questions and they can get feedback. They can say, hey, in your program here, what did you mean by this? What's this about? Or here's the situation in where we are in recovery right now. What are your thoughts? What's your guidance? So to have like each of you who are listening to this right now know that you, I mean, you come here because you want to get three distinct and unique perspectives on what it was like to be in the thick of it and what, what the road and path was like to get through it. Okay. And what are best practices and such to be able to get there. But imagine being able to have a sit down where you can see Ashlyn, you can see Brandon each month individually and have one question answered by three different people who've been um, not in your shoes, but down a similar path and road. Well, and Kobe, I want to say one really, really unique <laughs> aspect to what you're talking about is you know, for the betrayed to come to your group, Kobe, and ask you questions yeah. or for, for the addicted to come to your group, Ashlyn, and, and pick your brain because to give your perspective, you're not their spouse, mm -hmm. you're not their partner, but you could help them a ton. So um, yeah. I don't know of anything like that out there. Yeah. So. To, to have, I mean, that, I appreciate you saying that because the last one I did, there were, there was, there was one, there's one um, individual there who was there because they were the betrayer and everybody else was the betrayed and and the people who were betrayed asked question after question after question like help me understand this what are your thoughts here and they weren't it wasn't they weren't questions um to be able to gather evidence to accuse partners as much as they were just like help me understand yeah. help yeah. me connect the dots help me gain perspective it was beautiful so yeah. if um if you want to get information on that it's just at beyond-enough.com. Yeah. Beyond-enough.com. And is. you can see, uh, you can get, get access to that because honestly, um, man, I get, I, I really do get choked up because in those moments when I was on the couch with you, Ashlyn, sharing the second affair, I knew that I had a group, but I didn't know what I was doing. 
And for so long, I was by myself. And I would have given anything to have that kind of perspective, that kind of support, that kind of safe, non-judgmental place. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the douche, and I betrayed. Can you mm-hmm. give me some hope? Give me some perspective. Give, give me something that I don't have. I wish that I could have had that. And I wish even more that Ashley could have had that. Mm-hmm. Because of what that can mean you know, three or four weeks a month to, to, to gain knowledge, to gain understanding, to gain perspective, to grow in empathy. There's so many things now that are available that were not when we were there. So I hope that you guys can, can hear the earnestness and the desire to just help. And that's an extension of what the podcast is in a, in a great intimate way. So All awesome. Right. Well, lots here today. Um, guys, if you've heard something that you that, that struck you, then please share it. And if you haven't yet, hop over to the podcast app, leave us a review. Love to have you rate us and uh, we might share your review on the next episode. So thanks for being here, guys. Thanks, guys. You're See you. not ya. alone. Bye-bye.